Hello, everybody. Drasco here from 10knorm.com, where my main mission is to help heart-centered entrepreneurs who know all the business strategies normalize their next business milestone by mastering what's between their ears. And for today's episode, we have a real talk segment where I bring in a heart-centered entrepreneur who isn't seeing the consistent, stable growth in their business. And then live on the call, I get to help them break down one specific aspect most overlooked in all business strategy, which is that of the inner aspect. And on today's episode, we have Dr. April Brown, who is a relationships hex, an intimacy therapist and author. In 2005, she started a private uh, group practice where she has helped over 7,000 clients. She educates people about intimacy through her podcast called Bringing Intimacy Back and through her ebook series called Improving Intimacy, which is available through Amazon. Uh, lately, she's been providing intimacy experiences through her individual and couples retreats in Costa Rica and Florida. So April, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. You are absolutely very welcome. And, you know, even just reading that intro, like I love that, you know, you're somebody who comes with this wide experience and, and many years doing what you do. And I think something that, you know, especially like in my world where I mostly deal with entrepreneurs and usually the conversations are about, you know, entrepreneurship and the business and why are we getting in our own way and how are we getting in our own way to doing this? I think so often like our relationships are like the other thing, right? Yet, even in my conversations with my own clients, so many times relationships come up as you know, the contributing factor to why they're not moving forward, right? Maybe something they have an unresolved, maybe something that they're currently experiencing that is showing up in the relationship, but it's kind of putting a block on the business. So I'd love for you to dive into, you know, your story, how you got into all of it and, and if any of that resonates. So yeah, floor is yours to kind of bring the, the context forward. Okay. Yes. Relationships are extremely important and it's the relationship, of course, you have with yourself that is one of the most important. And also it helps in the sense of developing what is, should be the thing or the passion that you love to do in the sense of um, careers and occupations because we spend most of our time doing that. So just to give you a little bit of background about myself, I started off as an accountant, um, did that for a few years and was having a family and good at numbers. Um, and then I was just really bored with the same general ledger accounting that's, you know, happened every four weeks. And I felt an inspiration to quit my job, stay at home, which I did for four months. Got, I'm a spiritual person. So I felt like my higher power told me to go and volunteer, did that, which ended up into counseling, which I was a little shocked. because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not a, um, I'm a little shy. So I <laughs> did that. So fast forward, I started off as a school counselor, then went into mental health counseling, um, sat up with the lady, started up a group practice, created my own practice um, in 2005. And then roughly around 2018, 19, started a group practice, which is called um, Cape Coral Therapist. Um, maybe a year after that, started a podcast called Bringing Intimacy Back. And then my latest thing in 2020 was vacation counseling. So um, I have like four different businesses and, and I just named them and I almost see them as children, even though I have a child. <laughs> so my counseling um, is fantastic, um, but it's a grown child. It can run itself. Um, and so, so how much is the group practice? The group practice can somewhat run itself. And in my group practice, I help 
beginning counselors create their own private practice. That's what my group practice about. And that could almost run itself too. The other two businesses are my podcast and my um, retreat business, which are um, a child and maybe a baby. It's, it's where I am right now. So you got, you got a full family of, of businesses. It's <laughs> one, uh, <laughs> one happy family in that regard. <laughs> Very cool. Well, so I'm curious then, because it sounds to me like, you know, and this oftentimes comes up, but it's like one of those instances where you can only connect the dots looking backwards, right? Like I was in accounting and then I moved into this random thing that like had nothing to do with what I was doing. And suddenly it all makes sense once I actually like look back on it. So just for my own curiosity, like, is that kind of how you saw your... Yes. Oh, yes. I wouldn't, my major was finance and marketing and accounting, and I'm good at numbers you know, and so I believe in um, trying to figure out what your cost is, your benefits. I have spreadsheets all over the place. <laughs> I, um, what I say to my interns, I have a meeting of Dr. April, which is a business one, versus counselor April, and we crunch down numbers. So I do think it's very important to understand numbers. And that's something that's really lacking in my field as a therapist. Most therapists do not get that information when they're in. Um, graduate school, learning about the program and stuff. So yeah, I do not ever regret my business degree. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's such a key component of actually being successful and keeping the money that, that you earn. So yeah, I could not agree more. And <laughs> I'm speaking from the <laughs> other side where you have to make those mistakes in order to actually learn them. So yeah, 110%. So I, I'm curious also with regards to that, being somebody who's so numbers oriented and like, you know, objective in your thinking and analytical, what was it about relationships that kind of drew you to move your counseling practices towards that? Um, relationships, especially intimate relationships, because I believe it's really important to be fully present. And um, a few years ago, I felt like many of us were just going through lives and not fully present. You know, and so we weren't so um, and I also got a theory about um, sex. So that's what led to the whole sex therapy. I'm a certified sex therapist and intimacy, but it's intimate you see. And I believe it's the connection of with other people, with your higher power and with yourself. And when you have all of them in the same time zone, what I mean by same time zone is sometimes our bodies are here. But our mind is either worrying about the future or thinking about the past, which we cannot change, but we're not fully present. And that's what I feel that is my calling, is to help people learn how to be fully present with themselves, their higher spirit, and with their significant other. Awesome. So it's kind of like, and you can correct me if I'm understanding it correctly, but when you were speaking, like I'm hearing like the embodiment, right? Like the embodiment that happens when you are present with your partner, with yourself and all that is there. It's like you, you're lining up. Okay. Like my attention is here. My thoughts are here. My body is here. You know, our connection is here. Like it all seems to be present right here and there. And, and the focus remains there. Like, is that sort of what, what, you're yes. Doing? Yes, yeah, and I work with a lot of couples who struggle in intimacy or sex, you know, and they're like, why can I have, you know, I don't know if I can say the word orgasms, but anyway, I've already said it, and all that kind of stuff. I'm having problems with my libido, whatever the case may be, and so that's kind of what I work with and teach and do, 
and provide um, experience with. And yeah, absolutely. Feel free to uh, say whatever you need to say if you need to swear, but by all means, uh, do so. That is totally fine. But the segment is called Real Talk. So if that's what's the, the realness that's coming through, by all means, uh, that that's allowed. So yeah, no, I, I, uh, I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's, you know, again, and I'll bring it back to how I started at the beginning. So oftentimes, I feel like I explore similar concepts in the framework of like clarity or like getting really honest about what you want, right? In, in essence, like being present with your true desires without the filter of what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing and, and the, all the other narratives of things that kind of get caught up in the way. It just manifests in, in the minds of like the business side where I hear you saying it manifests on the intimacy and like partnership side. So I think in, in that way, we're, we're very much in sync. So just before I go on, anything to add to that? Well, yeah, and it manifests in the business side also because um, I'm also a mental health therapist. So when you're not truly, when you have a lot of shoulds, woulds, could have, you're not really believing in yourself. And when you're doing, and as an entrepreneur, this is what yourself, it's your product. This is, you know, yourself. And then the same thing about anxiety, when you're worrying, 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 you're not fully there. And so that's really important when it comes to business. Hundred percent, couldn't agree more. So yeah, so I'd love to then, like, I, I think I have a very good idea on kind of where you're coming from, what your worldview is, etc. So I'd love to know, you know, you have these family of businesses, and you're saying like, okay, so I'm running these four things. Certain things are kind of grown up; they can kind of run themselves. What do you feel like is the biggest challenge towards hitting your next milestone, as far as the business is concerned? Okay, so my next milestone is providing the experience of intimacy and that's why I created a service called vacation counseling where it's couples retreats or retreats where you're on a vacation and you're learning intimacy and we provide the experience for it okay so it's a great concept um, when I started I started it back in 2020 and that's of course the pandemic hit and so nothing for a while nothing. In fact, I kind of forgot about it a little bit, had a website and all that. Then in 2021, people start calling. Okay, so I did a, a retreat. Also, in the sense of having a retreat, I realized that when I have a retreat, I have to kind of shut down some of my other businesses. I can't be at everything at once. That's been a little learning lesson. <laughs> yes, and so now I'm taking this retreat, and I was doing here in the hometown of Florida, and I'm doing it in Costa Rica. And so just the marketing of that is kind of what I'm probably still struggling with. Um, yes, also, um, old fears <laughs> pops up. <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, you're going to a country, you know, do you know anything? You know, <laughs> yes, yes, and you gotta, yeah, because it's something new for me. So anything that's new, I get very, you know, oh my gosh, can I do this? Can I not? Yeah. Got it. Okay. So there is a, a general fear of doing something new. So you haven't run retreats in, like, have you run no retreats or just, I haven't run a retreat in another country? I've run, I've run a retreat one couple at a time here in Florida. Okay. okay. In Costa Rica, it's more than one couple two or three couples, or maybe five, and we'll see how it goes. So that's new. Um, the part of being um, in Costa Rica, 
I've been to Costa Rica and I've been to the facility. So that's great. But now being responsible for just, you know, people coming in, flying in, the whole COVID thing, it's just, you know, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. Yes, yes. So tell me a little bit more about, because that's, okay, that's one business, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm running retreats. I want to run more of these retreats. I haven't really run too much of them. So it's not really the, the core business. This is something you want to get into, right? Right. Your core right. businesses are the, the counseling, the, you know, coaching, I guess, counselors right. how to have right. their practices. Okay. Right. So right. Tell me more That's about those pieces. Oh, those pieces are fine. The only thing is that um, the support of marketing and currently right now, I know it may sound nuts, but I'm answering all the phone calls. I am working on giving that up again because I cannot be, especially going to Costa Rica, I cannot answer the phone calls. I cannot answer phone calls also when I do retreats. So um, that's something that April Brown <laughs> knows has to happen. I need to stop and train for when to answer these phone calls. Um, so, but those businesses kind of run on their own. I just cannot have, um, when I have retreats here, I used to have other clients I see, but that kind of blew up in my face last year. I just... Yeah, the couple I had in retreat was so much, I couldn't <laughs> do everything. So I realized that when I have a retreat, kind of like I talked before, eating my own lessons here, I got to be um, present moment <laughs> at the retreat fully and not be concerned about anything else that's happening. Yes, absolutely. Because if you're there for the clients that are paid for that retreat, like I don't right. want to be... Right. you know, answering emails while they're giving me their personal problems. Like how can I right. actually deliver? Yeah, right. that absolutely makes sense. So yeah. then when I asked you initially, like, okay, what is the next business milestone? It's, it's really, okay. So I want to launch this new thing with the retreats. Um, so my question first and foremost is why? Why? Because it provides the opportunity to learn about intimacy hands-on. Versus me just talking about it in a counseling session. You read a book about something I wrote. Now we're going hands-on. Okay. So it's to provide your clients with a more kind of felt experience or a deeper experience of what you do in counseling so they can get the increased benefit of, of your work. Exactly. Okay. So I understand why it makes sense for the clients to, to go through that. Why does it make sense for you to launch, you know, to, to birth another child, another business child uh, for right. you? Okay, it's the last business. It's the last business I'm launching. Okay, <laughs> um, I love to travel, so this also gets me the opportunity to provide services and beautiful sceneries and beautiful areas. That's why I call it vacation counseling. Because in some aspects, I can go with you on a vacation and do all these different things. So that's why I launched it. It's for partly for me to get out and work and play at this at the same time. Okay. And before, would it be accurate to say you weren't doing as much play as you wanted to do? So that's why I, I needed this new thing to, to be able to do that. Probably so. Probably so. I wasn't traveling. Yes. Okay. Okay. Got it. So travel is is the big component of it here. Yes. Okay. Is the travel needed? for you to run the same experience for your clients or not? 
No, it's not. It's not. I've done it a few times here in Florida, which is great. Yeah. But when you when you take people out, and especially um, in this place in Costa Rica, you're away from all technology. You're really out there in the woods. I mean, or the jungle, and you hear the monkeys. It's just really surreal. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I can imagine that would be such an like ideal setting to to do something like this. So, hundred percent, especially that that presence aspect, right? And it seems to me that, okay, so if you're running this so that you can travel more, if you could travel more doing what you were doing before, would you still run the retreats? Yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So given that your core businesses, you said, okay, they can kind of run themselves, but then I'm still answering all the phones. So where's the discrepancy there? That I need to hire someone. Because technically, I've taken myself out of the practice. I don't see people in person in my regular practice. I do it all online now. So if you need to see a therapist in person, you have one of my other therapists. So the only part I need to really get rid of is, is the phones. Okay. So it, it seems pretty like clear. Okay, like hire an admin person, train them, and, and, and get it done. So I'm curious then from your vantage point, what... Why, why isn't that getting done? Okay, so I've hired people, um, but I think I've hired people and given them so many other different tasks. Like I hired someone to answer the phone, but they're all supposed to do my marketing and they're all supposed to do this and do that because the phone doesn't ring all the time. Okay, so um, because of all that, people have either been burnt out or um, I'm also a sex therapist, so sometimes I get perverted calls. Or maybe they're not able to handle these outrageous, stupid calls that I may sometimes get. So um, recently, I really took my marketing piece really serious and hired a big company, but I know that they couldn't, they don't answer phone calls. And I spent a lot of money on that part. So I said, I'm going to do that and answer my phone calls so they can market and increase the market of vacation counseling, the books and all that. I'll answer my phone calls for now. Um, I balance that out, but I know now, I just interviewed someone today that I got to, yeah, so I'm going to Costa Rica in about a month or so, a month and a half. So <laughs> yeah, I got to let go. Um, but one reason probably that has stopped me from constantly having someone is that people always get excited. They're like, oh my gosh, you're the doctor and you answer the phone yourself. And it's that, but I don't even need, I don't, and I'm not saying I don't need clients, but uh, my goal is not for me to get more clients in some aspect, because I'm pretty full. It's to, you know, to have my other therapist. So it's something I have to give up. I'm a control freak, so. Okay, yeah, that, that's uh, kind of what I was uh, poking through to see if some of that was coming up. But okay, if you're saying, okay, I, I really need to have control. Right. Because my first question wasn't before I even started prodding down. It's like, OK, so the core of who you are, what you bring and, and, and why you're doing the work that you do is to teach people presence. Right. Right. So it's like, can you really be present when you're trying to run four different businesses all at the same time? Right. 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 So where then is the fear of letting go of control for you? Um, it's a part of maybe this year, this past year, I, I went through three or four systems. 
somewhere around there. And just that process of investing in someone and it's not working out. So um, it's probably that training process because when I when you train people, you got to step away from other things. So. Okay. So let's just say, would you agree that that's potentially like a skill gap in hiring and training? Yes. Yes. I would say so. Selecting, hiring and training. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So it's great to identify and that's definitely a skill that can be improved. The original question though was where is the control aspect? Where is the fear of letting go currently happening right now? Like that's different than the skill gap of hiring and training. I guess maybe hiring someone and them not being able to fully answer or miss something of some sort. And then I feel like I'm liable or I don't know. <laughs> something going wrong with someone's mental health or relationship thing or okay so are you hiring them to do that or is that what you're needed for no i'm not hiring them to do that i'm just hiring them to answer the phone and, and set appointments right so then is that fear justified no it's not justified okay not justified. so then is the fear that you're going to be letting people down if you start to have more front-facing people be responsible for different things? Probably so. Probably so. Yeah. Kind of go back to that thing that people are so happy when they, I answer the phone. Even if I don't see them, they're like, wow, yeah. Yeah, that and whole this is people stuff. that aren't even paying you yet. This is right, exactly. Show. Okay, <laughs> got it. Exactly, exactly. So to what degree then... Like, I know that they're happy. Like, you obviously can tell them if they're happy about it. But it also sounds like you're happy that they're happy. Yeah, it probably strikes my ego and I need to let it go. I need to let it go. I need to move on. Right. Because there's a, like, it just sounds like, okay, so there's this element of significance. Like, I am the one that gets to make people happy. I'm the one that gets to save people. I'm the one that gets to make them better. But there's only one of me. And I'm now doing it for people that aren't even paying me. So energetically, like you're right. at a deficit, right? So right. to what degree then is it about a fear of letting go versus I'm going to lose this inherent part of my identity that's all about serving everybody and anybody that ever potentially needs me? Right. So it kind of goes to um, my theory that people change when the pain is greater than the fear of change. Yes. So the pain of this is, of course, me I'm working later because I don't get as much stuff done in the day. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and not having a life. So I have to get back to having a life, which I did before, um, and let go of the phone calls. Um, part of, part of this also is I'm in the process of building a second house. So I've kind of went to the whole <laughs> other extreme. Yes. So I need to, I'm working on cutting back. So, yeah. Right. So it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you've heard the sentiment before, like a, you know, like a high threshold for stuff is actually very low standards for yourself. Right. Okay. So how do you, like, like how does that land for you? Like, what's, what's your interpretation of that? Um, a high threshold means that I give, 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 and have nothing left for myself. Right. So that your standards of yourself are actually lower than the standards that you would encourage your clients to have 
as evidenced by the fact that your threshold for taking anything and everything and shouldering anything and everything is so high. Right. Right. Even though sometimes mm-hmm. our, our ego or society in general will pride, I can take on so much, I can do everything all by myself, I can be the martyr, yet that's actually reflective of extremely low standards for yourself. Right. Right. right? So my question then is recognizing that, owning that, seeing that, what do you think the gap is to turn it around? Well, the gap is to, of course, raise my standards, you know, my limitations. Um, hire someone, which is something I am definitely doing this month. And yeah, and not um, trying to do everything. Because, you know, as you kind of move up the ladder, you sometimes don't like to turn a, a loose things, but you have to. Uh, agreed. So if we take that one step further, because technically this isn't your first rodeo at hiring somebody like you you said it, like I've hired multiple people that kind of burnt out or they just got weirded out or whatever the the thing was that they left. Right. But you've hired multiple people. So it's not like I need to hire it's I've already done it, but it doesn't continue to work. Right. So then the common denominator is going to be me. So what I'm curious then is like, what is like, what are your thoughts about hiring and keeping these people? Um, Well, previously I had this concept that, um, and this is part because of how I started off, that I wasn't going to hire someone who was um, psychology based or wanting to be in the field. Because when I worked, when I started this off with someone else, they hired, um, someone and they took all the clients, you know, they, yeah. So I've been hiring um, people that are more of the business or a variety of other stuff, okay? Um, But I'm looking at that a little bit different now that maybe I need to hire someone who does love the field, you know? And whether they start off as a receptionist and I got to realize that People as a receptionist are not going to stay with you forever. <laughs> They're going to grow. I got to, you know, yes, it's not going to be. And if they grow to, you know, be a clinician or work underneath me, it's fine. But maybe I need to find people who have the passion for this field. Possibly. So that's kind of the, the, the strategic element of like, okay, so who is my ideal profile of? Right person that I want this role to fill. It could be this, it could be that. Are those relevant questions? hundred percent, right? However, I think it goes back to kind of how I started this question. It's like, okay, you, you probably had sentiments of those questions already happen when you hired before. Should it be this person? Should it be that person? Looking at a bunch of different resumes, this person could work out well for this, right? So it's like kind of superficial on the level of the actual hiring strategy, right? So if you just isolate away from the other, you isolate away from the strategy, isolate away from the process. And if we start to look at your narratives around hiring, like if you just have to kind of like spitball and brainstorm your thoughts around hiring, what would they be kind of with no filter? You mean that's different from what I've done before? Uh, more about like, what are your thoughts? So when you think about hiring, okay, mm-hmm. how, how, how do you feel internally in your body? 
Um, one, a sense of relief. And then one, a sense of it's another person I have to train. So, yeah. Okay. So another person I have to train is a little bit more of a thought. How does that make you feel? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I just know about feeling good. Make you feel. Um, a little overwhelmed. Yes. Okay. So then when I initially asked you this, you were like, okay, well, what are, what are, like, what do you feel when you think of hiring? You're like relief, but then it's like, oh, it's another person I have to train, which actually makes me feel overwhelmed. Okay. Right. So it seems like what you want is the feeling of relief. You want a successful right. hire. You want the result of that to be relief. But when you think of actually hiring, there's uh -huh. an overwhelming sense of overwhelm. Right. Okay. So overwhelm, at least in the way that I presented to my clients and, and how we work through it is a general focus on things that aren't getting done. So how does that land for you first and foremost? Yes. Okay. So what would those things be? That would be, um, if I'm training, I cannot see clients. I can't do other things. It's blocking off my calendar to just, um, and I know all of this has to be planting seeds, but yeah. Okay. So if I have to train, then I also have to block off time that would take away from clients. So then I'm not getting client work done while I'm training for this individual. So is that accurate? Yes. Okay. What else comes up? Um, I think that's the, the, the main thing that comes up. It's my schedule. Okay. So tell me more about that. So my schedule is what? when I have to and, treat people. <laughs> it's intense, I guess. Yes, yes. So I have certain days that I see clients and then just um, I feel like it's just two days where I don't see clients, but I'm working on other aspects like podcasting or writing, supervision, mentoring. So yeah. Okay. And out of all of those, how many are income producing activities? Those two days are not income. No, maybe a little bit of the coaching is income producing, but the rest of it's not. Okay. So the podcast is not the right. mentoring. You get paid for the mentoring? Oh, yeah. I get, I get paid for the mentoring. Yeah. Okay. So podcast is not. How much time would you say the podcast takes? The podcast takes a lot. Um, okay. Yeah. Even though I, I was saying it was a child, I was thinking it's really a teenager because it's <laughs> it's a lot yes yeah okay so if you had to spitball like what would be a lot in terms of weekly hours um in the sense of remember i said i hire someone to do all the marketing and stuff most of the money is spent on the podcast okay so most of your marketing budget is spent towards advertising the podcast advertising creating the podcast doing all the guest things all that other stuff yeah Beautiful. And how much money has that brought in? It's not brought in any money. I'm trying to um, make it profitable. And well, I've recently tried to make it a, a nonprofit. I'm in that process. But I'm also trying to make it profitable to cover its own bills because it's one of those things that um, doesn't make money. 
But in some aspects, it has brought me clients. It has brought people because people say, you know, I've seen all your stuff. That's why I'm choosing you. But it is one of those that it's, yeah, that is time consuming. So people have that repository of episodes you've done in the before. They're like, oh, I can see what you're about. It makes sense. I want to work with you. Perfect. And how many of those episodes do you have? A hundred. A hundred. So like a big repository of of stuff. Yeah. So even if they're like half an hour (laughs) long and like, I don't know how much long they are, but it's like like 50 hours worth of of stuff. Like it's a lot of stuff. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. So if the podcast isn't bringing any money, it's sinking a lot of your money into it. Right. And it's sinking time that it sounds like right now it could be putting towards the actual, um, like training, what is really the upside of the podcast? I know I've been saying that to myself recently. And I just, in fact, I even didn't realize I had a hundred episodes until I was like, oh, I'm over 104. <laughs> then I was like, wow, okay, okay. Um, it may be my last year, it may be. But the reason why I continue doing it, because um, I feel like I haven't perfected, I like to make sure that when I, do something that I perfect it, and then I can, then I can, I don't want to say I get bored with it, and I can check it off. Okay, so that's interesting. So what what are you perfecting there? Oh, in the podcast? Yeah, like um, I haven't perfected it after 100 episodes. So what are you actually perfecting for? Um, right now, the delivery of it, I'm using StreamYard, the um, conversation when I'm in a podcast. Um, got a new host, so we'll see. I okay, so the skill it. of the actual podcasting I haven't perfected. Right. Okay, cool. That's probably a skill you could get better at, you know, across the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, but I don't do, I don't, um, in some businesses I know I'm going to be doing maybe two more years, like my counseling. I don't think I'm going to be doing podcasting two more years. Okay. So it's not a long-term project. I don't necessarily want to do it. It's not bringing me any money. It's sinking money into it right now for no return. It's taken away a lot of my time. I've already done a hundred episodes of it. It can already validate the fact that I'm good by the fact that I've gotten some clients who have listened to it. So if you pause it for three months, so you could focus on the things that you need to get done to actually bring you know, peace to your life, what would be the negative result of that? I have all these people sign up to be guests on my show. Okay. And what, what, what's, what's, what's the negative of telling them, hey guys, sorry, I changed directions. If you want to do this again in three months, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I actually hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I have people sign up, I think till June. I'm like, God, like, yeah. And so my mom, like, I got to stick to it for the next and it's, it's something to think about. It's something to think about. Because from the outside looking in, it's another answering the phone situation. Yes. Right? So I have guests yes. who have agreed to be on my show that haven't paid me, that I have no responsibility to, that right. with enough leeway, it's not going to affect their, like they're not going to be at night being like, oh my God, I cannot believe that my life is over because I'm not going to go on this podcast. Right? Like right. minimal like uh, consequence, high threshold for making sure that everybody and all the other pieces are happy as interpreted uh-huh. by you. 
extremely low standard for letting go of things that from the outside looking in any objective measure do not serve your quality of life whatsoever. Right. Especially in something that has no permeance, right? Like you can just restart the podcast in three months. 90 days is a lot of time to create training for an admin protocols, you know, onboard them, give them feel like it's a lot of time. Uh Right. So what comes up for you when I share that? I mean, it's a good thought. And it's making me think that maybe um, um, I will take three months off, maybe in the summertime. But yeah, I never thought about taking time off from the podcast. Yeah. That's fair. So I'm glad that that part's sticking. And again, that's kind of on the strategy level. But I think that the more important question is, it's like the same pattern that we've seen on the phones is the same pattern that happens on the podcast, which is likely the same pattern that's happening somewhere else. It's like, what is the narrative that's driving this thing that I have to be responsible for everybody, everything and everybody's well-being? I.e., why do I put myself last as opposed to first? I probably don't like disappointing people. So turn it around then. Instead of some people (laughs) do the same sentence with I. I don't like disappointing other people. So it was, I don't like disappointing other people. So I'm saying turn it around. I don't like disappointing myself. I don't like disappointing myself. Yes. Does that ring true or truer? than the original um that probably rings truer if i say i'm gonna do something i don't like to not fulfill the commitment which is abundantly clear right because you're available (laughs) for everybody but i think that the point that i i'm kind of driving here and i'm prompting you to take a look at is there actually is one person you're disappointing and it's yourself mm-hmm. because you're the one that has to take on all of the weight to go through and honor the perception you have of other people's disappointments. Because so if I haven't actually heard anybody being like, you know, I, 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 I did this thing and it really negatively affected me and I, and I wish you didn't do it. It was just more like I'm over delivering across the broad spectrum of everything I do in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? right neglecting the one person that is actually the key to that whole thing which is yourself right so my question to you is like why does like being in that type of setup disappointing yourself matter less than disappointing somebody else it shouldn't it really should not um whether it's I'm turning a certain age. That's really, um, <laughs> I'm turning 50. <laughs> Whether that's, you know, um, and there's some just changes in my life that, yeah, that I'm just not focusing on myself at the moment. Could be. I mean, I, I don't know that that's uh, definitely something more deeper for you to answer. Right, 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 right. But what I would bring to your attention is like, okay, so you're 50, that, that's fine. Almost 50. Right. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> almost 50. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. To clarify, I'm yes. 50. Almost 50. But 50. you look 25. So like it's, it's, it's all good, you know? Um, but to bring it back, right? 
Like you could be almost 75 and still be in the same pattern. It's like, well, what does age really have to do with it? Right, right. But I do think that number, um, I'm having a tough time hitting 50. I, I know that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why? Because I, I feel like I'm getting older. And yeah, and I say to myself, wow, but you used to could do X, Y, Z. So, um, yeah. Okay, so, and just this is more for my own clarification. So um, I'm reaching 50 uh-huh. and I haven't done X, Y, Z. Is, is that what you meant? Like I, that's a problem because no. I haven't done X, Y, Z? No, well, it's a problem I haven't traveled much, which is why the whole vacation counseling. But no, um, when... I was younger, I felt like I did more than what I'm doing now. Um, not that I own businesses, but I work for the people doing extremely more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now sometimes like, oh my gosh, April, yeah, I'm tired doing my own stuff. So. Yeah. Got it. So it kind of goes back again to I'm putting everybody's needs. Needs before my... myself. Right. Before myself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So does that have anything to do with age or is that just a choice that you're making? That's a choice I'm making. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, right? Mm-hmm. Goes back to the biggest predicament of, and I get a lot of the clients I work with because they're all hard-centered entrepreneurs. We're all kind of in this to help others. Right. We'll always deliver the lesson of, the you know the the plain analogy like you got to in a case of an emergency you got to put your mask on first before you put somebody else's on because right, right. you got to take care of you before you can take care of somebody else. We're very quick to point that out and, and work through it and see it in others, usually because we neglect it on ourselves. Right. Right. And when you're describing these things to me of like, I have these four businesses. I'm juggling ten different things because I have to be like any possible iteration of help that I can. But like I, I can help the practitioners, I can help my clients, I can help them further with like retreats, I, I can do it all, right? I'll prioritize adding these things to my plate versus subtracting so I can be in the best spot, right? When it comes to hiring, I know I got to hire and I have to get them to do everything, but I don't have time to get them to do everything because I'm also focused on doing everything and keeping my word to things that may or may not really align with where it is that I want to go. But it doesn't matter because that takes priority over the fact that I have needs, I have wants, I want to travel, I want more of my time freedom back. It's a choice to own that piece, especially if it's like you said, I'm going to be turning 50. I don't want to do this anymore. Great. Like that, that, that's like, what an awesome reason to make the age work for you. Cause it's like, no, like I'm not going to do that. Uh So just as I share that, like what, uh, what is coming up for you? Um, freedom somewhat. Um, in my mind, um, like I said, I'm, I'm building and I'm in the process of hopefully moving in a few months. Um, I keep saying it until I get to that point, I will stop. However, it's not easy to just stop. So I need to learn to let go, let go, let go, let go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that's definitely a, a key one because I think it's like, like even just, and this was just one example of probably the many that we can dive into, right? But it's just like with the podcast, if I just let that go for three months because it's not really generating any upside, 
Right. How much more time would I have? Oh, I have a whole day. <laughs> that's a lot of time, right? Like a whole day, even just in a week, right? That's, that's, you know, yeah, that's, a yeah, lot that's of time. my whole, yeah, that's my whole Thursday. Yes. Exactly. Yes. 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 So, you know, that's like a simple kind of superficial example of like zero consequence, right? You know, all upside, right? And no harmful repercussions because you already have such a repository of, of goodwill built there that like, what's the point, right? So I, I think that's a great example of like, if I can sit in the void of letting that go in a way that's probably uncomfortable for me, which is, hey, everybody has booked till June. Thank you. I'm going to reach out again in three months when I get back into doing this. Right. Or just the next three months you get like there's many options, but like whatever you sit in that void of I'm going to, quote unquote, go against my word. But really, you're just choosing yourself over Uh arbitrary obligations. Right. Sit in that discomfort. Make that choice. Work through the own inner resistance that comes through it and practice doing that more often, I think what you'll find is there's going to be a whole world that opens up of like, wow, so many things are better when I put myself first. Mm -hmm. So how does that land for you? Oh, feels good. Beautiful. More clarity. Yes. Beautiful. So why don't you then just kind of sum it all up and share for us in your own words, like what were your biggest takeaway of, you know, our conversation here today? Um, well, one of the conversations, of course, is that um, I'm doing so much for others that I'm not putting my, myself first. Another thing was that um, as things have been added onto my plate, I do have a hard time letting go. And it's okay to stop and to reorganize. And, and another thing that came up was that because um, you keep asking about if this is making money. Okay, so what value am I getting out of any of and I'm not saying that I'm a money-hungry person because I'm not. But why am I doing certain things if it's um, if I can give it to someone else to do, or not even worry about it, or some other instinct takes care of it? Yeah, it's maybe better for me. So yes, I'm finding um, some free freedom in and letting go some of, especially this this podcast. I never really thought about. Um, taking a break or even um, I think I've been on this uh, I've been doing a podcast a week for the last few years <laughs> that I haven't even thought about hey before I was every other week or I could be once a month I could be once every six months it really doesn't even damn matter <laughs> at this point yeah yeah so yeah I absolutely love it, it up. And, and yeah just to uh go off uh, on one of the points that you did mention about the money, because we kind of covered, you know, right. somewhat the others, but there, there's nothing like, it's abundantly clear to me, like you're not somebody who's going to do something simply because you're going to get paid, right? Like you're in a very right. heart oriented space where you want to help people. So that, that I think is abundantly clear. I don't think anybody would question that. But the reason that I asked, is it making money? Because it comes down to like, if what I lack is time, and all of my time is occupied making money, then I could begin to trade some of that money for, you know, better hiring or whatever, whatever. But it's like, if I'm now in a double deficit where it's not producing money, it's not producing new client, it's not producing more fulfillment, it's not producing more time, 
then it's kind of like there's something else operating in the background in this instance you know arbitrary obligations that are powered by a need to put everybody ahead and you know meet whatever promises i made regardless of whether they work for me or not it's like okay well that now becomes a belief issue that is seeping into your quality of life with Mm -hmm. zero objective upside Right. right so that's kind of like one of those clarity pieces of like well you know, and I mean this with love, like, what's the point of that? Right. Right. So that, that's the only reason why I, I mentioned the money piece, because if we have to give up time or money, it kind of helps us sometimes make decisions quite simpler. Right. Whereas right. if you don't consider those, then we're left to just have these arbitrary things of like, like there'll be rationalizations for everything. So right. having to make that payoff uh, or trade-off rather helps us do that. So does that make sense? That makes sense. Beautiful. Okay. So in that case, um, cause I know we can't dive into, you know, all the nuances and all of the, the aspects of it in a container like this, does this feel complete for you? Is there still something left outstanding? No, it, it feels complete. Okay, perfect. So in that case, I'd love for you to just kind of close us off, tell everybody, you know, who's the best person to find you, where can they find you? Like the, the, the floor is yours for all that good stuff. Oh, who's the best person in the sense of clients or yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we'll include all of your links and stuff in the show notes, but like just in your own words, like who's the best person to reach out to you? Like if somebody's listening, that may be a fit for your services, etc. like floor is yours for all that. Okay. All right. If you're in a relationship and you're struggling in connection, whether it's the emotional connection, the communication, sex, I can provide a service in a variety of formats, whether it's books, whether it's and that's called Improving Intimacy, whether it is experience called Vacation Counseling, or whether it is counseling, um, just check me out, draprilbrown.com, and I'm here for you. Beautiful. Love it. So we'll include all those pieces uh, in the show notes. So April, thank you very much for being on. And uh, for everybody listening, we'll see you all on the next one. All right. Thank you.